0: This is ProRata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Brought to you by Silicon Valley Bank. Ideas Bank here. I'm Dan Permack. On today's show, Snapchat snaps back and the Fed tackles climate change. But first, big tech can't fix its D.C. glitch. So the U.S. Department of Justice yesterday announced that it will investigate the market power and practices of top tech platforms. It didn't name any companies specifically, but the agency's brief statement did mention search, which sounds like Google, social media, which sounds like Facebook, and retail services online, which sounds a lot like Amazon. And it's possible you could interpret some of that as including Apple, Walmart, and Microsoft. Why it matters is that every single one of these companies is justifiably terrified of eventually being sued for antitrust violations, not only because it could cause them to eventually divest some key businesses, like maybe Facebook being forced to dump Instagram, but also because these sorts of cases are so distracting and so limiting that they can have other, more devastating consequences. Remember, Microsoft's big loss during its 1990s antitrust ordeal didn't come from the courts. It came from being too preoccupied or maybe too scared to put down a little up-and-comer called Google. The bottom line right now is that we're in the early innings of the DOJ's antitrust process, but this feels like a very big bipartisan game in which tech has few fans in the D.C. bleachers. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios Tech Policy reporter David McCabe. But first, this. Have a great idea for a startup? Silicon Valley Bank wants to help you make it a reality. With more than 35 years of experience, they understand the challenges of the startup journey and have created banking and financial solutions to help founders every step of the way. Silicon Valley Bank. Ideas, bank here. Visit svb.com forward slash next to learn more. We're joined now by Axios tech policy reporter David McCabe. So, David, I read the DOJ statement yesterday and it reads fairly vague, as one might expect. So from your perspective, is this a fishing expedition or is there something really specific you think regulators are looking for?
1: I think it's kind of both at once. I agree that the statement was vague. I read it a couple times before we wrote our story and to sort of parse what they were saying, we have to go back with some follow-ups to to the Department of Justice. On the other hand, these sort of broad inquiries, even if they are fishing expeditions, can catch real fish. You know, they talk to a lot of people, people like companies that compete directly with the big tech companies. They'll talk to experts. They'll look at the numbers. So they can very quickly hone in on specific what they view as harms.
0: It's a little confusing, right? Because there was this announcement earlier in the year when it said that the Department of Justice would look at Google and Apple specifically, but it would pawn off Facebook and Amazon to the Federal Trade Commission. But now, am I right in reading DOJ wants to look at all of them? How are we supposed to think about this?
1: They said that they are looking at online platforms, right? So that maybe isn't Apple, it's a little unclear. Uh, But they said search some online retail and social media. That would suggest, of course, uh, Google, Facebook, and Amazon. My understanding is that this question of, you know, what if they have they agreed to let the FTC take, what if they agreed to take, uh, gets relevant on the specifics. But if if indeed this is sort of a broad sort of exploratory phase, then maybe they don't need to to fit it quite into that arrangement just yet. But certainly it's a sign that these two agencies are both sort of trying to dig into this question and might butt heads at one time or another.
0: David, there's also obviously congressional inquiries uh, into these companies, into these platforms. If you are the lobbyist for Google and Facebook and Amazon, obviously you pay attention to both. Which should you be more concerned about, DOJ or Congress?
1: I think in the near term, Congress has a lot of power to, to get information and potentially embarrass these companies. You know, from an optics perspective, the perspective of, of how it looks and, and how this issue is debated, certainly Congress has a lot of power there. They do, the Judiciary Committee, I think, can subpoena companies or, or people if they wanted to. So, so certainly that's significant. Long term, though, it's, it's a Justice Department case or a Federal Trade Commission case that can hobble a company, that can break them up, that can really come to an agreement or get a court to say, you sort of have to change your behavior. I think short term, the actions in Congress and long term, the action is at the regulatory agencies.
0: These investigations, uh, these kind of regulatory, big antitrust investigations, you know, that aren't centered on, say, a particular merger, but really kind of digging in much deeper, often take a long time. Is there a political clock on this? In other words, were there to be a Democrat beating President Trump in next year's election, new attorney general, new antitrust chief, probably? Does all this go away or is this going to outlast whatever happens in November 2020?
1: I think it depends on the Democrat. Obviously, it depends on whether or not President Trump is reelected. It also depends on if he's not, who the Democratic replacement for the president is. So, on the one hand, you could have Justice Department that did feel like maybe they wanted to pull back on some of the scrutiny, they wanted to retrench. On the other hand, you could have Elizabeth Warren, who's promised to appoint regulators who agree with her that it might be worth actually unwinding existing tech deals for some of the companies that have been mentioned. Certainly, either way, a new administration would mean turnover at the Department of Justice. It would mean a new Attorney General. I agree with you; it probably would mean a new head of the Antitrust division, I think it's possible that those people could look at the work that's being done on this and say, we're happy with this and we want to keep going.
0: David, there's a bunch of reporting over the last day that, that sometime this week, we are going to get an official announcement from Sprint and T-Mobile about how their merger is going to go forward, and specifically that they have a deal with the Justice Department, the same Justice Department, these same antitrust regulators, that they're basically going to sell some Spectrum and some prepaid business off to a dish to kind of get their deal through. I'm curious, do you feel that's kind of a big win for DOJ in the tech telecom world? after kind of being embarrassed on AT&T, Time Warner. Does that have legs? Does that give the antitrust chief, Megan Delrahim? does that give him more power now to go after, say, Google, Amazon, Facebook?
1: I think it's hard to say. These things, though, generally caution are pretty case-by-case, but certainly is a rebound from the pretty humiliating loss that they suffered in AT&T, Time Warner, should it go through.
0: One final quick question, which is unrelated. You are on your way to an FTC press conference about a fine against Facebook. What's your quick takeaway on this $5 billion penalty?
1: You know, I think on the one hand, $5 billion dollars is a lot of money. It's a historic number for the agency. On the other hand, the real question is whether or not the meat of the settlement, these behavioral conditions on Facebook, play out and actually change behavior at Facebook, right? Do they change how they create products? Does it change how they approach their work? And I, I think that is a question that's going to be borne out in the year to come.
0: In my current saying, Zuckerberg has to testify or attest to that he personally dealt or is personally addressing some of these privacy concerns. What does that actually mean? Does that create any personal liability for him?
1: He has to sign off on on quarterly reports. I think Facebook has fought really hard to limit his personal liability, but it does create more of a personal incentive for him to stand by their compliance reports than it did before.
0: David McCabe, tech policy reporter for Axios. Thank you so much for joining us. My final two right after this. Ping pong tables, kombucha on tap, and open floor office plans are nice, but your startup will need more to succeed. With Silicon Valley Bank, you'll get a banking and financial partner with more than 35 years of experience helping founders move their bold ideas forward faster. Silicon Valley Bank, ideas, bank here. Visit svb.com forward slash next to learn more. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Snapchat which yesterday beat Wall Street analyst expectations on second quarter revenue and reported 13 million new daily active users. Why it matters is that few other consumer-facing tech companies have ever seen their reputations go so quickly from revolution to rubble. In early 2017, Snapchat was the tech unicorn, with an IPO so closely watched that I recall literally sprinting three blocks to my laptop when word came down that its prospectus had been publicly filed. But then shares began to sink, eventually falling from their $17 IPO price to less than five bucks a share this past December. But thanks to yesterday's earnings, they're now basically back at their IPO level and a new snap story might be getting written. Maybe it will even become popular enough to get the Department of Justice's attention. And finally this morning, Axios' Courtney Brown scoops that the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco will host what is believed to be the Fed's first ever research conference specifically focused on climate change. That's important because other central banks in other countries have already publicly identified climate change as a major risk to their financial systems. And it now looks like ours might be preparing to do the same. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great national tequila day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.